Hello and welcome to Story Communications with DJ Finley. I am, of course, your hostess, DJ Finley. <laughs> and I am here with... Essie! Yes, I am here with Essie, which means we're doing a perfect salvageable or trash. Yay. And we're going to be doing that for the rest of December. Yeah, because they're the first, <laughs> Yeah, the first Saturday in January, because... Yeah, they're, they're easier. I don't need to script them. I, I'm, I am working on a script for a communications podcast, but I'm trying to read through the chapters and bring down the information to fit within a reasonable amount of time and keep it relevant to you guys. So, yes, so we're doing another perfect salvageable trash because it's easier. Yeah. <laughs> and also because there's a plethora of Christmas movies. There is, and we're going to keep it to two. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I am not going to publish an episode every day. I'm um, not going to do the, the 12 days of Christmas. Oh, yeah, that would... Oh, no. <laughs> So, what are we talking about today? We are doing a classic, at least in our family, classic Christmas yes. movie. It's called We're No Angels. From 1955. So, we are going way back. <laughs> not that far. It's not like the dawn of cinema, but it's, it's old. It's, it's got Humphrey Bogart in it. It's, That's true. It's old. It has Humphrey Bogart, Peter Ustinov, and I'm trying to remember his, his name off the top of my head. Adol Ray? Something like that. Something like that. It's an interesting movie because I've seen this movie every Christmas pretty much. Maybe there's a couple mm -hmm. Christmases we missed it. Yeah. But it's one of those weird movies. It's based off a stage play, mm -hmm. from what I understand. And it's filmed like a stage play. Oh, yes. <laughs> which is a good and a bad. Mm-hmm. Because the good is it's very simplistic. It's very straightforward. And it's... Yeah, it's very simplistic. It's very straightforward. But there's something about a stage play where you're in the room... With the characters. Yeah, that's the benefit of, like, live theater is you get to the motions right at you. Well, yeah. if it's on film, it can go very boring very quick if they're not careful. In some areas. There's a couple of areas that start to feel a little dull, mm -hmm. especially in the beginning. The yeah, beginning takes a bit. It's pretty slow in the beginning. Yeah, the beginning's a bit slow. It's, it's still entertaining, but mm -hmm. it's a bit slow. Mm -hmm. Somehow it holds my attention better than Mulan. <laughs> that's not saying much. Anyway. Okay. So, Essie, what was the plot? <laughs> oh, of course I have to. Okay. Yeah, um, Essie's in charge of the plot because she remembers scenes better than I do. <laughs> yeah, which is really weird because, like you said, the stage play, it's like that thing where you never see the same play twice. Yes. And stuff where this movie's I that. thought my brain remembered this film very well, and then I watched it going, wait, that person said this with a different inflection than I remember. Mm -hmm. And stuff's so like, oh, um, I guess this is different. Okay. Yeah, it's a weird movie where you swear you don't see the same film twice. It's, it's really weird. It's... I don't know why. It is the strangest movie. Anyway, okay. So, <laughs> so what happens? So the movie starts out in, I think, 1890s? 18-something. 18-something. On Devil's Island. And it starts out with three convicts sneaking out. And that's Humphrey Bogart, Adele Ray, and Peter, Peter Ustinov. Ustinov. Yeah, those guys. And then it, it Young has, Peter Ustinov. <laughs> very young Peter <laughs> Ustinov. I don't know how old he was, but he, he looks sick. He it's looks like, young. It's like, whoa. He has brown hair. And I was like, oh my this gosh. is an old Peter. This is a very young Peter Ustinov, old film. Oh yeah, go on. Anyway, so they're, they're they're trying to avoid the police because, of course, they're convicts and they're running around. And they're not out on parole. And they're not on parole, and so, <laughs> so they're trying to figure out how to get on a boat that's arrived from France. It's sitting in the harbor. Mm -hmm. They're trying to figure out how to do that without getting caught. Which they want to go back to France. Apparently, to... they're from France, even though none of them have French accents. Yeah. <laughs> It's one of those movies. Just deal with it. It's <laughs> where it's like, well, we're speaking English, so who cares? It's a it's a movie that's there. All the characters are from France, so the logical thing to do was to hire British British actors and Americans and Americans. 
So, yeah. Because French. I don't think there was, like, an actual French actor in this movie. I don't think there was. <laughs> I mean, there was. Maybe it was, like, side cast. I don't know. But <laughs> anyway, the main actors. So, um, this person gets off the boat and is there to, because someone, I guess, is sick and they're in quarantine. So, mm-hmm. he's there to either get help or, or just deliver the letter. I think it's he's for get help he's and there, the letter. He's there to inform the health board oh, yeah. that they have to stay. Everyone has to be in quarantine for two days. Or something. Before they go on yeah. land. And he has a letter from cousin, uh, what's his? Andre. Andre, from cousin Andre, who we will get to. Okay, well, one thing is, like, I will, I don't have the cast list in front of me, so if I butcher these names, I am sorry. Because we'll get French. you the cast list. <laughs> and so, because I, I cannot remember the main people they helped names. No one so. can remember their names. Because, yeah, it's French, and they're not very easy French. Mm-hmm. So it's like, yeesh, I don't know. So while she's talking, I will get their okay. names. Anyway, so they run into the medical officer guy, and they steal the note from his pocket, and they go, like, oh, there's nothing really interesting, there's no money. The guys are um, Joseph, Jules, and Albert. And Humphrey Bogart is Joseph, Peter Snuff is Jules, and what's his name? I'm finding his name right now. I'm sorry. Let's see if we can say his name. That's not it. <laughs> That's a different film. It's the one I want. Yeah, that's the one I want. Okay. It's Albert. That was right. Aldo Ray. Aldo Ray. Yeah, Aldo Ray. I was right. Yeah, and Aldo Ray is Albert. Oh, yeah. And also, Albert, very importantly, he has a pet snake called Adolf. Yes, I know how that sounds, mm-hmm. but he does a, has a pet poison snake called Adolf. He will come into play later. But anyway, so... They, and Adolf's a good guy. And he's a good guy. He's a good snake. He's a good snake. He's, <laughs> he's house trained. <laughs> he, he only kills bad guys. He's, he's a house trained venomous snake. Yeah. So they're like, hey, well, why don't we deliver this letter? And if he doesn't give us something for our troubles, we'll steal something for our troubles. Mm-hmm. So they go to the general store and they run into Mr. Ducotel. I don't... I butchered that. Ducot- Felix. Yeah, Ducotel. Um, he's, he's the proprietor of the store. Mm-hmm. And he can't pay them because he's in the red. All he does is give credit because he's too nice to tell people that they have to give him money. <laughs> and yeah, so, he, he's not very good at running... He's an honest man. He's an honest so he gets man. screwed over so, hard. So he's like, well, um, I can't like, give you anything. Here's some cigars. And Humphrey Bogart sees an opportunity to say, hey, well, why don't we fix your roof? Because it's leaking. And just being in your store will be, be payment enough. And of course, they're going to stay in the roof until nighttime and then steal from them and maybe murder them. Yeah, they're and thinking... So, so their plan is that they're going to murder the family and steal what they need and then get on a ship to France. Yes, yeah, because it's a general store. That is, that is the plan. We need to make sure you guys know this the, plan is the plan. Because anyway. it's very important throughout the plot. Okay. This so they get the on the roof and they're just planning to sit in there, but because this is a very open house. They very could, open They house. can eavesdrop on everything. So you get to find out. So you listen to Felix and his wife, Emily. I think that's how you say it. And em- em- Emily? Yeah, Emily. It's like, it's Emily with an A. They kept, so many people said it differently. There was Amelia and Emily. Yeah. If you listen to the dialogue, some people called her Amelia and some people called her Emily. Oh, I think I missed the Amelias. Yeah, there's like two or three of them. Anyway, so they're talking, and they're mentioning how bad business is, and they mention that their daughter is in love with Cousin Andre's heir, Paul, but because Cousin Andre is a jerk, I want to marry someone And for for all you incest people, Paul is Andre's nephew, so he is further... So he's more separated. He's not quite that related. So Andre is uh, Felix's cousin, and -hmm. Paul is his nephew. Yeah, it's, it's so there, there are a couple of there's some generations apart. Yeah, there's some relatives. It will apart. not matter in the long run, but still, 
Just so you know, Spoilers. no, no it incest. Doesn't matter. <laughs> doesn't matter. It can- so for anyone who's screamish or squealish, yeah, yeah, it's not uh, that big a deal. Anyway, so the guys are watching from the roof and they're going and they're having way too much fun watching because they haven't seen a woman in a long time and uh, Mrs. Getting Shaw dressed. is getting dressed. Yeah, she's so dressed. yeah, it's, it's, as as risque as nineteen as nineteen fifty five can get. It's like <laughs> you only see her legs. You only see her legs and a corset. Yeah, she's it. pretty well covered. She's I mean, she's covered. in eighteen hundreds underwear, so, so you're not seeing anything. Pretty well covered. Uh huh. So this is this is back in the age of ankles. Yeah, this, <laughs> is, this is a this is a family friendly movie. Yes, you're fine. There's just a little bit of murder. <laughs> there's some murder, but it's a family friendly movie. There's a few things where it's like, oh, okay. I'm sure that like, well, people they would go, oh my gosh, but who cares? Yeah. So. Anyway, so they're sitting there. They're going like, hey, these guys aren't too bad. They're just watching. And mm-hmm. then the daughter comes home. Isabel. Isabel. She confesses to her mom, who's been reading her diary, so she already knows. Yeah, the mom that... gave Isabel a diary so she could know what Isabel's been thinking about. Yeah. So... <laughs> Which is Paul. <laughs> Very boring diary, I guess. Very boring diary. And, and then they find out, oh, Cousin Andre is on that boat because he gave him the note. That's the letter that got That's into the, the shop. And he's there. And he mentions in the letter that Paul is going to marry some wealthy shipbuilder's daughter because mm-hmm. he needs both. Mm-hmm. and stuff and Isabel of course is heartbroken so she faints and the convicts get off the roof because she faints alone they go to go help her and yeah stuff. and the, the mom finds out her daughter fainted and so that's how they, that's how they get officially introduced, yeah, introduced to, to the family Emily and then a lot of stuff happens where interactions with the convicts and the convicts start getting more and more acquainted with the family and that was uh, very nice to them that was very nice like yeah they're a little hesitant because they are convicts and they're still in their outfits and they confess that two of them are murderers yeah they say two yeah <laughs> It doesn't help that he mentioned when, that Albert, like, a- caught a girl. <laughs> so, it's like, oh, yeah. she's a girl. Well, well, Albert, Albert's in for multiple things. He's in for, he murdered his uncle. Mm-hmm. And he he's in jail for something to do with some women. Yeah, it's unclear if whether that was just, like, he's poking You don't know what the what? sentence was. Well, I think Peter Ustinov's character, Jules, he's in there because he murdered his wife. And his best friend, I think, at the same time. Was his best friend? Well, his, or- they were together, so I'm assuming he oh, killed both lover. Yeah. Our lover, but... yeah. Yeah, he said it was his fault because he came home early. And he didn't tell her she was, he was coming. Yeah. It's like, it's my fault. I should have told her I was coming. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, you're, you're too nice about this. Anyway. And Humphrey Bogart, he's in jail because he was a con man. And mm-hmm. he proceeds to use his stuff to get people to pay for worthless crap. He yep. sells a hair care product set to a bald postman mm-hmm. and a too small jacket to a fat man. Yeah, he's good at his job. And yeah, he gives, he's very good. And he gives him the money and uh, Emily is like, well, I can't open the safe deposit box. My husband is trying to get Andre off the boat so he's not here and he has the key and Jules is a safe cracker and yeah. so he has the most awesome way to open stuff which you just have to see which is just hilarious. Yeah, I don't think totally impractical but it's awesome. You won't learn how to open safe no, watching him but it's amazing. But it's also fun because it's the exact same sound effect no matter what it is. Yeah. Like because the first sound effect makes sense. It was a strong box, and mm-hmm. then there's a save. Those those two that sound effect worked on those. Mm-hmm. But they also use it on a suitcase and a wooden door. It's this metal this is metal sound sound effect, and the, the wooden door and the suitcase have them too. <laughs> Yeah, so. I didn't realize it was the same sound effect for everything he opens. Yeah. Okay, and so it's Christmas Eve. I forgot to mention that. It's Christmas Eve. That's why it's a Christmas movie. That's why it's a Christmas movie. You're wondering, like, what's this movie to do with Christmas? Not much. <laughs> it happens over Christmas. That's the only yeah, connection, really. really. They're going to have Christmas Eve, and the family's like, well, since you're already here and you're pretty nice, you want to have Christmas Eve with us. And they're willing to share, even though they don't have much. Mm-hmm. And so the convicts, because they've been so nice to them, decide to spruce up their Christmas. So they, they a turkey follows Humphrey Bogart home. 
He stole it. He stole it. I mean, he come stole on. it. They sneak flowers out the governor's garden without stepping on the grass. Yes, yeah, so that, that is a running joke. That's very important. Like, they only get flowers from the governor's garden. Like, don't step on the grass. What do you think I am, a heathen? Albert convinces Isabel not to go kill herself. Yeah, because you're getting because Paul is engaged. She's think she's gonna go kill herself. So, and yeah, she's gonna grow up with the most ugly hat ever. And she, she has <laughs> self-esteem issues and she doesn't believe she's pretty. Yeah, which he cause like, I'm, I'm a man, I think you're pretty. Yeah, that was a cute scene. I like that scene. It was scene. a cute scene. I like Albert. Even if he's a sex offender and murdered his uncle, I still like Albert. <laughs> yeah. I like all of them, to be honest. <laughs> They're all adorable. They're it's adorable. Like, oh. oh, and also there's another character who we need to mention. Um, I can't remember what her connection is, but there's this lady who comes in the shop. Fat lady, this, yeah. This little fat uh, lady. Uh, Madame Parole. Yeah, Madame Parole. Yeah, Madame Parole. She comes in to buy some booze for her husband, and she comes back later. So let's remember yeah, we'll, her. Yeah, we'll and she out. makes some snide remarks with Isabel and walks out. About her not being married. Yeah, about her not being married. During this, they have a very pathetic Christmas tree, because that's all they can afford. It's like it, it was like the olden day version of the fake Christmas tree. It's very pathetic. I think, like, a branch on two pieces of wood, it's, it's like the Charlie Brown one, but with branches. Yeah, the Charlie Brown looks better. Even before they spruce it up. Like, the one ornament on the Charlie Brown one actually looks good. This one's, like, it looks like you took toilet paper rolls and made them skinny and then stuck, like, paper yeah, like, on the ends. Yeah, like a DIY from somebody who has no idea yeah, how to Yeah, it was DIY. really bad. And so they're looking at it, and um, Isabel's like, hey, I'm gonna put the angels on top. And she has this little tree topper with three angels on mm-hmm. it. Really and they're cute. very beaten up because it's, like, her. it's been to the family for years. Yeah. And they're like, well, they're kind of beaten up. Like, they don't even have halos. And she's like, yes, they do. They have halos. And yes, they didn't come as far as heaven, but they came from the roof. Of course, talking about them. Yeah, talking about them. It's, it's really cute. Scene. It's really adorable. It's a very touching. It's movie. like oh, and then they decided to steal their, them a Christmas tree. <laughs> it's a little Christmas tree, and it's still more flowers from the governor's garden. Yeah, it's really <laughs> give them a really nice party. Really nice. And, like, I was going like, you guys like know what you guys you guys need to go into like Christmas decoration. <laughs> it's a very nice. Yeah, it's very. They do a very, very nice, nice job Christmas. But during this, they cut back to the dock, and Cousin Andre and Paul manage to get off the boat, so they're on their way. No! <laughs> no, dun, not dun, Cousin dun. Andre. And who plays Cousin Andre? <sighs> Basil Rathbone. Sherlock Holmes himself. <laughs> <laughs> He's the other notable actor in this movie. <laughs> it's amazing how he can play a prick. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's like, I know that um, Sherlock's supposed to be kind of like... Just like standoffish because he's a genius, but it's like you want to punch him in this movie. It's like, oh wow, you you can. He does a good job too. (laughs) He does a good job. The only other person I could see playing this role is Peter Cushing. Oh yeah, he's the only other person you could. I could see Peter Cushing doing this role. Yeah, that'd that'd be fun. But that's it. It's just (laughs) Basil Rathbone. Oh yeah, he 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 nails it. It's it's amazing. (laughs) He does a great job. Also, he's very tall. He's like the tallest guy. Yeah, he like towers over everybody. Yeah, so he's like really intimidating. Mm -hmm. And so they cut back to the family, and they're wrapping up the evening, and the guys are doing the dishes. They're they're cleaning up the dinner and having. They're sneaking wine because there no one else is noticing. Yeah. And the family is like, hey, we couldn't, we didn't know what to get you, so we got. It was like money. They gave him money. They gave him money. They gave them money. Yeah, they gave them money. There's a whole part before this is talking about how they're in the the red. Oh, they're so in the red. No, there's there's so much in the red that Felix has run out of red ink. Oh yeah, he's running out of red. So ink. So all the red <laughs> is written in black ink because he ran out of <laughs> red, red ink. ink. And so they they felt. You know, bad that they didn't have anything to give the convicts, so they give them money, which just kind of, you can see them, you can see them throughout the entire movie, you see them breaking down the convicts. Oh, yeah. And they feel, they look so guilty when they give them the money. They're like, they give, oh. Humphrey Bogart show them, and they're like, oh, oh we gave us money. Jules and Albert are like, they're like, we could want to murder them, like, they might ruin their Christmas. They might ruin their Christmas, and then Humphrey them. Bogart's like, I don't care, I'm gonna murder them, slap their faces, they cut their throats, but after do the dishes. Like, we're gonna kill them, and we're gonna get what we need. 
but we've got to do the dishes first. <laughs> yeah, so like, show up to the dishes. So, yeah, it's really funny. Humphrey Bogart's like, to let the movie, he's just like, I'm not going to get it. No, they're not going to soften me up. But he keeps finding excuses to, like, postpone <laughs> the killing the family. And it is so cute, because he's like, I'm not going to get softened. I'm, I'll do it. But I gotta do this first. <laughs> yeah, it's adorable. He keeps procrastinating. Yeah, they keep like breaking down more and more. And, and there's this really cute part where they're doing the dishes in sync, which is like oh cute. yeah, they like toss it. And, and you see they're all miserable because they're like, after we do the dishes, we have to kill them. They're like, oh, <laughs> it's, so, it's so cute and sad at the same time. Okay, so they're doing the dishes. And cousin Andre and Paul show up, mm-hmm. and they ran the door. They're like being you know, obnoxious. They answer the door, pretending to be the help. And which they kind of are. Which they kind of are at this point. Quite a lot. Not really. But, um, just not officially. So employed. cousin Andre like storms in and is like, "I'm gonna like check, make sure you're not robbing me because you're stuck at business." Basically, and cousin so- Andre gives them a great Christmas present. Yeah. By being absolutely terrible. So they felt bad about killing the nice people, but here's a douchebag. <laughs> yeah. And he's up for dibs. He's wealthy and has the pro- proper documentation to get them on the boat. Which, oh yeah, mm-hmm. and also Joseph, Humphrey Bogart's character, is a forger. Yep. So he can make he can use all that stuff to forge them new documents to get them on the boat. So it's like best Christmas present ever. No, you just bump them off. <laughs> okay, so cousin Andre's being a prick, and he's being bossy and making everyone feel bad and stuff like that. Kicking around the room, he's rooms. putting down Felix. He's putting down Felix and everything. And Isabel's trying really hard to talk to Paul, but cousin Andre's not having it. And Paul's not like. And Paul's not has, has no backbone at this moment. He's not trying to like talk to her either. So. No, he's like, eh, okay, nice to see you, bye. And so everyone's going trying to go to bed. Cousin Andre mentions he wants to see the books. And tomorrow morning. Tomorrow morning. And Humphrey Bogart does this whole thing about, oh, we, yeah, we've taken tons of money um, and, like, totally makes them sound like they're amazing. And, of course, Felix is standing in the corner going, what are you talking about? Yeah. Like, and so Joseph's like, okay, so I'm going to take your books and I'm going to make it match what I said. And Felix is like, I'm an honest man, you can't do that. And so he refuses to open the safe, but, of course, Jules opens the safe because he's the safe cracker. But then, of course, because Andre comes, shows up and goes, oh, there's the books and walks off with them. And it's like, Dang it. <laughs> so, Which ruins Humphrey Bogart's own plan. Like, well, hurts his feelings, too. It hurts his feelings. Like, hurts don't worry, you're still a good artist. It's okay. Yeah, <laughs> that's so, to make him feel better. Yeah. And so like, okay, well, we can't fix the business, but we can at least try and get Isabel and Paul together. Mm-hmm. Or at least have her figure out he's a prick, so she'll not feel bad when he dumps her. So, yeah. anyway, so they have this whole thing where Albert tells Isabel, hey, hey dress up, you're going to meet your boyfriend in the thing. And the other two... Ruffle house Paul into dressing up to go beat her. <laughs> yeah, they totally the rough house him into, into his clothes. <laughs> yeah. And so they get them all together out in the, in the, into the summer house and they're, they're trying to get them together like, so hard. Like, hey, try and like act. Yeah, Albert's playing a harmonica of romantic music. Jules is saying they're going like, Oh man, this is painful. And <laughs> yeah, whatever happened to the French? Remember the French dude? These guys suck at romance. Yeah. And Isabel's trying really hard to tell like Paul to tell his uncle where to stick it, and he's acting like he wants to, but he's too concerned about the inheritance to actually do it. And then cousin Andre shows up and tells Paul to look at the books, and then tells Isabel to shoo off because mm-hmm. you're not going to get him. And well, he thinks stuff. that Isabel wants to marry Paul because she wants his millions. Yeah. He doesn't think that she actually wants Paul. Because mm-hmm. this guy, he's like, apparently has millions. Mm-hmm. They won't give an exact number. They're just saying millions. Yeah, he's, he's a very successful This, is, this is 18-something. Apparently so. he has like a world, like world-renowned every country store franchise. Like kind chain, of a thing, yeah. Kind of a thing. Back in the 1800s, so that's impressive. Yes, yeah, so um, this guy is like, loaded. wow. You know, he's suspicious of everybody. <laughs> yeah. He, <laughs> that's he, how loaded yeah. he is. He is so loaded. He's like, yeah, I know I know. Paul can't wait till I kill over dead. And so... And he's right. And he's right. So, because he makes Isabel cry... 
the three convicts are really big on killing him now. And stuff. Because they like Isabel. They like Isabel. Yeah. And so they're like, you made Isabel cry. We are going to murder you. Mm-hmm. And so they have, a, it's adorable scene. They have a mock trial. To which is so cute. Which is so cute. And they're like, say, this is like what my lawyer did to me. And so yeah, they, they have Albert be the attorney for the prosecution. Yeah. And they have Jules be the attorney for the defense. <laughs> and Jules just kind of goes, there's nothing defensible about it. Yeah, it goes defense rests. And uh, which one was it? Was it Humphrey Bogart? It was Humphrey Bogart. Or, like, sounds like my lawyer. Yeah, like, they got a perfect impression of my lawyer. So Alvin does this whole thing, which is adorable, where he's like, in terms of the jury, I demand you give me a verdict of guilty. If you don't give me a verdict of guilty, I'm going to get a new jury. There's <laughs> like no jury. It's an adorable like, scene. And so, so they decide that the verdict is death. Is death. So they figure out how to kill him. And of course, they have. Adolf! The little poisonous little thing! Snake. He's been there the whole time and you kind of forgot he was there. Like, oh yeah! There are a couple references to him well, throughout the. Good references, the show. like when people picking him up, like, oh, you don't. Type he's in this cute little cage, it's like a little grass hut. Yeah, it's, it's a very cute cage. It's a very cute cage. And so they're like, okay, we're gonna do it. And then they get halfway to the door and Humphrey Burger goes, we can't do it. They're like, what do you mean we can't do it? Like, we're all ready to go. Like, he's like a little thing, let's just go do it. Yeah. Like, like, okay, and, and Humphrey Burger's like, no. Can you look at them in the morning when they find him dead and tell them that, oh, yeah, and then they ask you, did you do this? And tell them with a straight face. And they're like, oh. Yeah. But then Christmas miracle happens. Cousin Andre walks out of his room and thinking the little hut is something they stole, yeah, confiscates he, he it. He notices a lot of stuff has been missing from inventory. So he thinks that the little stole, hut is yeah, something they think, else. Yeah, they think he stole and they try, that. And Half-heartedly, they try and convince him, no, it's Albert's. <laughs> Which it is. Which it is. They're being honest. They're being honest. They're like, no, like, give it back to him. That's his thing. They're like, oh, I, I don't believe you, crooks. And yeah, because they're criminals. And so he, he takes Adolf, the snake, and rolls into his room. And, and closes the door. Closes the door. And we have a several long minutes of them going, who wants to tell him? <laughs> so Harvey so Bogart gets the bright idea that, you know, someone should really run in there and <laughs> warn him that he has a dangerous snake. Like, yeah. So Humphrey Bogart's like, all right, who's going to go in and tell him? And Jules's like, well, he doesn't like me. <laughs> Albert's like, well, he's, he's already thinks I stole it, so, you know, he's not going to believe me. So you got to do it. And, and then Humphrey Bogart's like, we'll cut cards for it. <laughs> so cut cards. So he, so he slowly walks in and gets some cards, and then they cut cards. Yeah. And Humphrey Bogart gets it, and he goes half of the door, turns around and says, what am I supposed to tell him again? Yeah. He walks <laughs> to the table. He's like, I don't remember what I'm supposed to tell him. I'm like, oh, tell him. Um, well, there's, there's a dangerous snake, and if it bites him, he's he's well, he's, he's gone. It's like, oh, right. That's what I'm supposed to tell him. Right, right. I'll, I'll, I'll run in there and tell him. So he slowly gets up from the table, and he slowly walks to the door. He opens the door, walks in, comes back out, and he closes the door, sits down at the table. Like, did you tell him? like, he already knows. <laughs> and so, so the whole night, uh, Humphrey Bogart's been forging a will mm-hmm. so that Paul, which they, I guess they don't really hate yet. Well, af- after yeah. Andre dies, then they forge the will. Yeah, after he dies, they forge a will, which has Paul and Felix get things equally. Yeah, equal. Equal sure. share of the business. Mm-hmm. And they forge it, and of course, he's very proud of his um, his work. He's like, no, even because Andre couldn't tell I forged this. Yeah. And now they got found a problem. Who's going to find the body? Because if, <laughs> if one of them finds the body, then they're going to be under suspicion. So, like, really, yeah, we're very, very suspicious. So, yeah. like, hey, we have to have someone innocent find the body. They try to keep getting people to try and, like, go wake up Cousin Andre. But nobody wants but to... But no one wants to go fuck Cousin Andre. Yeah, <laughs> so, nobody wants to talk so, to him. So, like, Isabel goes to church, and she's like, I'll, I'll pray for him, and she leaves. Um, Phyllis goes for a walk. Phyllis goes for a walk, he doesn't want to deal with him. Emily's too busy doing breakfast. Yeah. And even um, this fat lady shows up. Can't remember her. She came yeah, back. the fat lady shows up. She, she comes to complain that the bottle she bought was full of water, water, which we're pretty sure she filled up with water. Yeah, she's trying to get out of having to pay. Yeah. So uh, Humphrey Bogart, realizing she is doing this, first tries to get her to find the body, mm-hmm. and then is like, 
oh yeah, what about your bill? And so she's like, I don't have any money on me. And so he grabs her purse and it's like, I'll just use this for like your down payment. Yeah, it takes the money out of her purse. And she gets really upset and then he hands her back the booze saying, you paid for this, you get to keep it. And she gets very upset. And because she got upset, she goes and like talks about, hey, there's three convicts at this one store that didn't have them the day before Mm -hmm. to the police. So Humphreyberger's like, oh crap, uh, hot water, we have to hurry this up. Paul came to save the day. And so he goes and he finds his uncle's dead. Yeah. And... They're, they're first are happy that, you know, someone's Yay, on the body. Yeah, so, so Paul goes to his room to, I guess, get changed. And they go in, they're like, hey, we gotta get him to find the will. So they yeah. grab um, Andre's papers, take him in there, and they find Paul trying to fake crying. Yeah. Which he ends up laughing. And they're watching him very much like, why don't you watch Sarah before? Like, I, I love your laughing. It's it's so, so yeah, appropriate. I, I love your, your distress. You know, she's like, so great, great at the graveside. It's so great at the graveside. And so they give him these papers, and they leave, and, they, and they're waiting for him to find the will. And he does. And he burns it. Yeah, he burns the will. Because he's a piece of crap. So, anyway. Yeah, and he does it. There was no will, so that means all of it goes to him. And if and if Felix isn't stealing, then maybe he can keep this store. So, yeah, he's a prick. So Felix, like, doesn't cause too much of a problem. I'll let him stay on. But if he causes too much of a problem, then out he goes and everybody else. And they're like, what about Isabel? It's like, no, I can't. You know, they're... They're, they're obligations. Yeah, they're, obliga- they're liabilities or something like something that. Something like or something. Yeah, he says something. It's something really mean. like... How dare you? How dare you? Humphrey Bogart's upset because he wrecked his handiwork, and the rest of them are pissed because he's a jerk. And also Humphrey Bogart's mad because he's also a jerk. Yeah, they're all jerk about that. (laughs) But they're all like... And also, okay, another thing. Adolf's missing. Yeah, they can't find Adolf. (laughs) They can't find Adolf. So Humphrey Bogart tells them, we need to clear out, and they're like... Where the heck is Adolf? So, yeah, because Albert's not leaving without Adolf. Yeah. So, they're, they're really, it's really adorable, so they're, they're trying crawling around trying to find Adolf. And they're, they're, because Adolf, apparently, he's a very pretty snake. He's very pretty, and also and very small. So, they're afraid he might look like a bracelet or something. Yeah, so, if, like, someone goes, oh, bracelet, and tries to pick him up, they're dead. Yeah. So, they're and all so, over the store. So, like, oh, crap. So, it's like, well, we can't find Adolf. And, it's like, and so, Paul goes into Cousin Andre's room. He gets to rummage through his pocket. Yeah, check his pocket. And yeah. then he comes down and says, does anyone know about snakes? I just got bit. And they're all like, oh. <laughs> Was it a little snake? Like, yeah, just a little thing. Pretty, you know, kind of like a, a bracelet. Yeah, kind of like that. <laughs> oh, and, they all, and they all sit down and they're like, and he's like, I kind of want to get checked. And he's like, oh, oh, save your money. That's nothing to worry about. Nothing to worry about. And like, where was he? And he's like, oh, he was in my uncle's pocket. And he's like, what do you do with his pockets? And then he starts failing because it's poison. And yeah, they're like, okay. Not, he starts dying. It was and really fun to watch. Because it was hilarious. They, they, they don't care. The it's like, they're like, just, just stay. They don't die yet. Albert goes to get an Adolf. And so he starts dying. And they drag him out to the summer house so we can die picturesquely. Yeah, they want to oh. picturesque when he dies. Yeah, it looks very nice when he dies. And they're like, okay, now we got someone to find that body. And so there's Isabel. And she comes in. And they're like, well, she can find him because she has to go that way anyway. And so they're trying to, like, tell her, oh, uh... So you and Paul, like, it's okay. I, I know he was a, a jerk. I, I'm, I'm over him. And so she leaves. And like, we really need to, like, fix it. Like, we fixed everything else except Isabel. She doesn't have a guy. Yeah, and why would they say that? The medical officer from the beginning of the film walks through the door. A young, unmarried man. Yeah. Attractive young, unmarried man. <laughs> and stuff. In uniform. In uniform, which is really funny because it's just like, isn't he perfect? Like, he's perfect for Isabel and Albert's like, he's like a glass of milk. Because yeah, Albert's not very happy. Albert's kind of, yeah, Albert's a little... A little milk because he likes Isabel, he but... He really likes, I think, I think the way the movie's played is Albert really likes Yeah, Isabel. and he's really mad that he's a convict, so he has, like, no prospects for her, so yeah, he's, he's out, out of the, the table. Yeah. And stuff, so he's really There's a really cute part where he, they're talking about how, like, how different things would have been if he and Isabel met each other back in France, when they're <laughs> both 
living in France, and uh, you're just kind of like, <laughs> oh, oh yeah, Albert, you kinda, want to hug him. You're like, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> and so, but anyway, so Isabel finds the Paul's body and faints, and so they, they say, hey, medical guy, go go, go rescue him. <laughs> <Yeah, go rescue. laughs> so they, they sick him on him, and um, they meet, and it's adorable. And they're mm-hmm. like, okay, we'll fix that. And so they, I, I think, I don't, not sure, but I think they go through Uncle Andre's stuff, and that's what they steal as their new wardrobe, because they get dressed in, like, yeah, normal clothes. Yeah, I think clothes. they're wearing... I think because, like... supposed to be wearing Uncle Andre's. Yeah. I keep calling him Uncle Andre. <laughs> He's Cousin Andre. I don't know why I keep calling him Uncle Andre. I don't know. Because, cousin like, Andre. Because, uncle stereotype, I don't probably, know. Probably. Probably. Yeah, I know. So they just dress, and Jules's outfit doesn't quite fit, so I'm, I'm thinking, and... Like, and I think pretty sure one of the outfits matches Cousin Andre's wardrobe. I don't know. But they get dressed. It's funny because they're a lot shorter than <laughs> Cousin Andre. It's like, I don't know, they could have been from Stock, but they probably didn't feel nice enough stealing from them, too. So they meet Felix and Emily. He went to get the coroner for the death certificate mm-hmm. on the way out. And they're like, it's okay. We like uh, Everything's fixed. And they're like, oh, you fixed the roof? You fixed everything. Yeah. <laughs> Very cryptically. And they say goodbye and they leave and they go to the docks and they stand there like, well, there's our boat. I gotta, we gotta mm-hmm. go to it. And the other two, and then Jules and Albert go, I don't know why I want to go back to France. Every time I was in Paris, I kept getting in trouble. Yeah. I don't know why I want to go back. And they, they start talk, reminiscing about prison. And they're like, well, when we go back to prison, it's not so bad. And plus, if we don't like it, we can break out next year. Yeah. <laughs> and stuff. Let's, so, let's at least try it for a year. So let's be nice to the warden and, and turn ourselves back in. <laughs> and so they turn away from the camera. And as they walk away, three halos appear over the guy's heads. And then after a second, a little halo goes over... Um, like Adolf's little cage. Yeah. And they walk off, and that's when the movie ends. It's a good movie. It's adorable. It's a cute, <laughs> it's a cute movie. Okay. Okay, so. I would just like to see this as a play, honestly. <laughs> I know, I, I want someone it's to It's very play like. It's it makes sense after we found out it was based off of a play. Yeah, it's actually a play. It made a lot more sense. Yeah. Oh, can you. Because on the one hand, it's a very slow movie. Very slow. It's extremely slow. It's a weird movie because you don't fully remember it very well mm-hmm. the moment it stops. Because every time you watch it, it feels very new each each time you watch it because you don't see everything the exact, the exact same. So it's kind of like a play. Yeah, it could just be us. But that. It could just be us like. in my really bad memory because I only <laughs> watch it once a year. <laughs> Because it's a Christmas movie. It's a really good Christmas movie. And I think one thing I really like about this movie is the fact that it doesn't beat you over the head with it's Christmas. Oh, thank goodness. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't like Christmas. <laughs> it's my least favorite holiday, and it's mainly because everything beats you over the head. Like, the songs beat you over the head. Most of the movies beat you over the head. Everything's because how wonderful Christmas is. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, it's Christmas. That means we have to be nice to each other. Mm-hmm. That's kind of the tone I get from a lot of Christmas movies. Yeah. While We're No Angels, the family that they meet, the... How do you say that? You took French. Okay. Uh, Ducatel? I think that's... Ducatel? I feel like that's a mafia. I know. That's what, I thought it was it, like the store franchise when I first heard it. Yeah. The, the family that they meet, they're sweet. And you get the sense that they're like that all year round. Mm-hmm. They're not just being nice because it's Christmas. This is what they're like all the time. Christmas is just kind of an enhancement. Yeah. It's more like a decoration. Yeah, the on... Christmas thing is more of like, it helps the setting. Yeah. It gives an excuse it... for stuff to happen because it's like, oh, a special day. We have something to invite you to. We have a reason. Yeah, we have it's ex- more like We that. have more reason to be nice, but it's not like a complete change of character for us. Yeah, but you don't feel like they're different because, oh, it's the season to be nice to people. Yeah. You, you feel like, you know, they are genu- genuinely mm-hmm. nice people and yeah. they're genuinely being nice to these convicts. And that's one of the things I love about this movie. Yeah. Is that genuine 
mm-hmm. aspect about it mm-hmm. and about the family. And also the the person who plays Felix, he's an actor I've seen in a lot of movies. <laughs> I know. Which is really weird because I've actually seen him in more movies than the other three. Which is kind of embarrassing, but yeah. That is very embarrassing. He's a character actor, so he's in, probably in a lot more, actually. Probably. I don't know. To me, to me, it's just one thing I really love about this film is that it's, it's Christmas, but it doesn't beat you over the head. Like, you will know it's Christmas. Yeah, they can't even rely on the snow trip because they're in, where is Devil's Island? It was like off of Africa. It, it looks like yeah. it's, yeah, it looks like it's near Africa. Somewhere, there's think, a lot of black people in the background. Yeah, because you can tell it's an island, it's yeah. a colony and everything. Mm-hmm. So you kind of forget it's Christmas until they have the actual party because there's nothing to tell you it's Christmas. Like, there's no snow, decorations are and limited. And they don't talk about snow either. I love that. And no. also, they don't have that stupid, <laughs> that drives me insane trope of, at the end of the movie, it snows. Thank goodness. Oh, I hate that trope so much. Mm-hmm. Because it's just like, oh, look, there it is. Mm-hmm. There's the snow. <laughs> yes, the movie's officially over. Like, even in, like, California, if you watch a movie that takes place in California, they get snow. The miracle. Yay! Look, it's snowing. I'm like, you're in Los Angeles. <laughs> like, I'm sure it happens, but... <laughs> yeah, it's like... Yeah, it's, it's just... I don't know. I, I hate that trope of, look, it's starting to snow. I hate yeah. that trope. But yeah, so they don't play that trope. And I also like the fact that you get to see the convicts kind of, like, breaking down yeah you just see actual change like Mm -hmm. the characters change because like even the family kind of changes because you have kind of naive isabel you have uh, that i think dad's the one who doesn't really change through the whole thing the wife emily is very um like you like confidence in the store are you stupid at the beginning and then she's very wary she's very very wary at first but not in a bad way not a bad way she's she's more like she's being smart she's very civil yeah she's like she doesn't she's never mean to them no She's very civil, but at the same time, in the beginning, she's kind of like, convicts? I mean, I'll be, I'm nice. She's nice to them, but mm-hmm. she's not like... Very thrilled know. about it. Yeah, she's, she's not like, super uh... thrilled, but, she, but, you know, they grow on her and mm-hmm. and things. And you got... Isabel's the one that goes through the most growth because she goes starts out as... I mean, she's 18. Yeah. And she's in that age where she's like... She doesn't find herself very attractive. Mm-hmm. No, she's pretty sure other people don't find her very attractive. Mm-hmm. She has very low self-esteem. She only has thoughts of one guy. She has puppy love. Yeah. And she hasn't fully realized that it's puppy love and it's not real love. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't feel the same way about her. And so you see her with the most amount of growth. And she's very thankful for these mm-hmm. three convicts yeah. that came into her life for this short period of time. Mm-hmm. And so, and I think it's one thing that really makes it very sweet. Mm-hmm. Is her relationship with the convicts because you really see them kind of attached to her? Oh yeah, it's like well, you, you yeah, mess with protective. Isabel. It's like yeah. yeah, it's like she, she inherited like three brothers. Yeah, <laughs> she got she got three Dutch Dutch uncles, you know, to <laughs> for yeah for Christmas. Um, <laughs> it's like yeah, you mess with her. It, it's like yeah, they even threaten um, glass of milk guy. Where it's like if you are mean to her, we, we have a friend we like you to be called Adolf and, <laughs> and stuff. <laughs> yeah, I love that part. And I'm like, you better be nice, or else you're, you're gonna hear from us. It's like, <laughs> yeah, we will show up, and we will make sure that you meet Adolf <laughs> and stuff. So, yeah, I just love that. It's just, it's so sweet to like watch, you know. Mm-hmm. And I also love how they, you know, like they're very aware, like what they did was wrong. Yeah, they're like, yeah, I shouldn't kind have done that. Like, like Albert's like, yeah, I probably shouldn't hit my uncle fourteen times with the poker because he wouldn't give me money to get married. But it's yeah. like, <laughs> and, stuff. and then Jules is like, yeah, I probably shouldn't have killed my wife. I think Humphrey Bogart's character Joseph is the only one who doesn't really have regrets. He's like. He's yeah. An, well, Essie, he's an artist. He's an artist. He's an artist. Yeah, his, he, his cry was he swindled people because he sold them air in tubes. 
Yeah, and he also <laughs> uh, did the books for a company that didn't exist. Yeah. He's a forger. It's he's like, a forger. He's an artist. He's and a con man. He's, he's, he's one of the best salesmen in the world. Oh, yeah. He's a great salesman. He's also yeah. Humphrey Bogart. So how do you say no to him? <laughs> yeah, how do you know this guy? So it's like, he's, he's, he's the only one who, out of all of them, doesn't really have regrets. He's like, yeah, I went to jail. I was it because I got caught. Yeah, his biggest regret is he got caught. <laughs> That's his only regret. He has it's no like, regrets. The other the other two do have regrets. And you can yeah. see them carrying them around, which is, you know, Yeah, which is nice. Sad and touching. It's like, oh, I'm sorry. You want to give know, them hugs. It's like, oh. Jules apparently has a daughter who's about the same age as Isabel. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, and he hopes she's with her mother. <laughs> yeah, I want to with her mother. Wish she married her. Wish yeah, she married her. <laughs> it's like, Okay. <laughs> I don't know what I would change, really. It's like, I mean, it does feel very slow. I can very see slow. people complaining about it being very slow. Yeah, the shots are pretty... Um, it's very straight on. Very straight on. Like It's like when you when you film a play. Yeah. So also, it's the time periods so that maybe people were having fun with their shots. They're like, okay, just get it. Which is weird, because yeah. like, they've been... They started figuring out how to have fun with their shots back in the 30s. Mm-hmm. So it does. it is a little odd that they didn't have a bit more yeah. fun with the shots. I, I think my one thing is I probably would have had a few more creative mm-hmm. shots to help tell the story. I think my biggest complaint with it is really on a technical yeah. level. I love you don't see Adolf. Oh yeah, that's that's the funniest you thing. You don't see you Adolf. You never see the snake. You never see, you see his cage, that's but you it. never see him. And I love you never see him. No, you never do, which is awesome. You know, he, he has enough presence with them talking about him. Yeah, you, you know he's there. It's like... <laughs> the only thing I'd have to complain about is the score, which isn't really a complaint, but, like, it, it kind of has... Was well, there a score? I don't remember a there, score. There's, like, they have one melody, because they have, like, that one song that she yes. sings, which somehow was the song. theme for most of the, the intros That's and outros. True, yeah. It was really weird, because you only hear it once, and it was kind of like, okay, there's a song, which is kind of funny. And then, I don't know if it's a real carol, but they have the carol about three angels, and that there was some music. They they put some music in. Unlike other old movies, but, it was yeah, another was a soundtrack. At least remember there was some music. Like when they're going to try and find out if they have this really cute like this really cute theme yeah. that they play. And there's some other parts where they they remember music exists, but the rest of it is very quiet, which is pretty reminiscent of a stage play because you usually don't have a score in stage mm-hmm. plays. And stuff. It's very stage play reminiscent. It's very. Like I think it's one of the reasons why every time I watch it, I just want to see this in person on a stage. Yeah. Because I think that would add a lot to mm-hmm. having that energy of the actual actors. Mm-hmm. And also, room. one thing I love about this is that you can tell it was a stage play because they have a lot of fun with the physical humor. Oh yeah. And stuff like they'll have people like do things like when they first walk into the store when they uh, we're going to deliver the letter. They're switching hats with the models like because like oh look we have new hats and they just give them their crappy ones. Yes, and also and like stuff. them standing there washing the dishes when they're tossing. The yeah, they're, they're tossing stuff. the dishes and saying it's adorable. Yeah, it's really and, like, there's a lot of there's a lot of like you can see this happening mm-hmm. a lot on, of- on a set. Yeah, on a stage, stage, a stage. Yeah, you can see it as a stage. It'd be hilarious. Yeah, as a stage play, and I'm like now, now I want to see if anyone ever does this play because it's awesome. It's well put together. I mean, some of the dialogue is a bit. Yeah, sometimes a little clunky. Yeah, there's there's a, there's a few dialogue clunks mm-hmm. here and there. I don't. They do a good job balancing the three. Yeah, like character. You don't really feel like it's about one of them. Joseph has the most presence. I'd have to say, like he has the most interaction with people. But he's also the me. con man. Yeah, he's also the con man, so because it makes sense. Jules is a safe cracker, so he's not quite Yeah, he's kind so... of the background. Like, he, he's good with being quiet and watching. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other guy likes to chase girls, and they have to keep yanking him back. Like, no, nope, they keep stopping that. him from like, nope. going after women. And... It's like, doing stuff like that put you in jail in the first place. Knock it off. I think you get kind of attached to Albert. Yeah. It's like... Oh. Because of that. 
you know, he meets Isabel, <laughs> and you're just kind of like, you know, in a modern story, we might make make this work, but, but... <laughs> time period. Which, no which is another thing I think is interesting about the story is that none of them get the girl, yeah. and it might seem like a cop out that she gets glass of milk, man. <laughs> Not in uniform, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, the dude. The one officer. I mean, you might consider that a cop-out, but, like, you do see him at the beginning of the movie. Mm-hmm. And then he reappears at the end of the movie. For all you know, they don't get together. You don't know. You, you don't know. It, they, it they ends leave. before that. Yeah, they leave before you find out about that. And it's kind of interesting that none of them get, get a girl. Mm-hmm. At the end, even though they're all pretty <laughs> girl to pride. <laughs> Very cold fry. Because like, um, I think in a modern day, this is remade, which I don't want it remade. No, don't, don't <laughs> touch maybe it. Maybe in a stage version, mm-hmm. but I would not want this movie remade. I could totally see people wanting them to get hooked up. Mm-hmm. Which is hilarious because a lot of people are like, you know, why does the main character keep having to like, have a romance? <laughs> they don't have a romance. No, they're, and they're and also they're don't really get up. I know. I guess it depends on how you define happy ending because they go right back to jail at the end. <laughs> Like it's so close to doing it, and, and they're like, like they're, "No, <laughs> it's not." And it's like, "Okay." You know, I think what's sad with them going back to jail is I think one of them or all of them has life. Yeah, I think all, of, all of them are one. Because I know them. it's really hard to get off to those islands, from what I've heard. Yeah, it's like you, you almost never get off of it once you get sentenced there. So yeah. it's like, yeah, you, you're, they're probably not gonna. Get Which off. That, I think that's what makes it sad. Yeah, at the end, I mean, they joke like, that they're gonna break out next year, but you, you met, you did it once. They're not gonna be very thrilled with you doing it again. Yeah, <laughs> and if you do use Adolf, yeah, if you do use Adolf, it's like sweet it's, it's sweet because it's like it makes sense for their new character. So they've developed, mm-hmm. they've changed through for the course of the story, so it makes sense. At the same time, it's like, but you were so close. <laughs> so, You're nice people now. Just go away. <laughs> Go go to France or England or something. You have to know. Yeah. Also, they, they so. talk about they don't want to be on the run. Mm-hmm. You know, because being yeah. on the run sucks. And but I'm like, well, don't go, don't go back to France. <laughs> that was kind of my reaction to that. This movie doesn't pound anything into your skull other than what what did it pound into my skull? Um, being a criminal's bad. <laughs> you should finish your regrets? sentence. Regrets. Um, regrets are you know. Because, like, the comics have regrets. The mother has regrets because she does kind of, like, I got married, had a kid, and I wasted, like, 18 years. Mm-hmm. Like, so she kind of has regrets that she didn't really do anything with her yeah, life. Yeah, it's, it's kind of a movie about regrets. It's a Christmas Happy Go Feels movie about regrets. Very Christmassy. <laughs> Actually, it's appropriate because you usually start feeling like I wasted a whole year of my life. Yeah. <laughs> it's a very, actually, it's a very appropriate movie. Very appropriate for Christmas. Regret! Anyway. Yeah, it, 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 it does make you kind of sit up and think. Like oh. about your life, you know what do you, what do you because you got the criminals except for Joseph, mm-hmm. all the criminals regret something something what they did, you know, mm-hmm. and they're not proud of it. No, I think the only thing Jules is proud of is he can open safes in <laughs> his awesome way. Yeah, but yeah, it's it's really the story about regrets and not being enough because Felix kind of has that, and so does Isabel. Yeah, like, Felix is kind of, like, he's fine, he's like, well, I'm not, I'm not, it's my way, I'm not gonna progress, so he's kind of, like, happy he's in a rut, Well, his wife's like, no, you gotta try and do something. Yeah, stuff. his wife is the one who's like, no, you gotta get out of your rut. I mean, it's really funny, because he, he's talking about how he has no idea how he managed to get his wife to, to marry him, and she's like, because this is my idea. <laughs> see, that, see, the woman proposed to the man, well, she told him to marry her, but... <laughs> Or maybe he just was terrible at the proposal. He's like, okay, just marry me already. I don't yeah, know. she told him to marry her. It was her idea. Yeah. It's like, well, it was my idea. It's like, yeah, it was the best idea I ever had. <laughs> <laughs> it's 
stuff. And I'm just like, oh. You know, you have a happy couple. See, this this one had a happily married couple. Yeah. They were still in love, and it mm-hmm. was adorable. And it's like, oh. After 18 years, they're still in love with each other. Yeah, Hollywood, why can't you write more of that? I don't know. Why is it wanted to be sour divorced couples? Something, I don't know. But yeah, so I, I it's an, yeah, it's interesting because it, the more I think about it, yeah, it's about regret. I'm sure you guys could probably find your own meaning. That's the only one that That's I the one that really stands of. out to me, yeah. Well, impo- impounding something that, that into that your they skull. repeat a lot. Is, yeah, it's yeah, regrets. regrets. That is the most repeated narrative in the, mm-hmm. the movie. I, that's, another, that's another good reason to watch this show. Watch it and figure out what you could take from it. Because that's, yeah, I'd have to say that's kind of what I take yeah. from it. Because there is a lot about it. It's pretty sweet. It's a very sweet movie. It's definitely one to add to your lineup in the holidays. Mm-hmm. If you like It's a Wonderful Life. <laughs> Which I, I don't know how, but... That's I think <laughs> I'll appreciate it after I get married. But yeah, if you like It's a Wonderful Life, or The Bishop's Wife, or Miracle on... Was it 24th? 34th, 34th Street? 34th Street. I think you'd like this film. Yeah. Also, unlike those films, this one has dead bodies. <laughs> how can you not like this movie? It's definite. <laughs> I mean, I mean, apparently it was a tradition to tell scary stories at Christmas. It's appropriate. There's bodies. Yeah, they don't redeem the jerk. They kill the jerk. It's very great Christmas movie. It's, it's very therapeutic yeah. for your whole year. <laughs> like, yeah, the bad guy died. Yeah, it's not like Christmas Carol where we got to redeem the jerk. No, we kill the jerk. <laughs> this guy's just the jerk. We're not, we're not. Yeah, we're not going to bother. He comes in uh, near the end of the movie. We're not redeeming him. It's not enough time. We're not we redeemed the criminals. Yeah. Between the criminals and we got rid of the actual douchebag. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, we should probably wrap it up. We're kind of. So, what, what, where would you put this? Oh, dang it. Um, I want to say perfect. I mean, okay, it's perfect. I can't really think. Besides the time, but it's kind of old, and this whole the whole um, stage motif being filmed is kind of little awkward. Not bad, but it's a little awkward. I just think it's close to as perfect as you're gonna get. I mean, if you if you can't want if you don't want to be degenerous, I'd probably go with competent because it's it, it does what it has to do. It, it mm-hmm. does its job. It gives you the feels. It's a good Christmas movie. It's hilarious in a lot of parts. The actors are spot on. Writing is good. Perfect set of competent. I guess I don't know. So just perfect for me. I guess. Yeah, I, I have to agree with that. I think I kind of want to go with perfect on reasoning of I cannot see this movie remade oh no i i do not want to think about it it's also fun in the fact that it's a christmas movie that doesn't depend on the fact it's christmas no you probably could have just set this any time of the year and it still would have worked yeah really any holiday i would love to see a version of this movie done to hanukkah <laughs> i'm not gonna lie because christmas is just way too short yeah because they get there on christmas eve Mm-hmm. And the next day is Christmas, and then they leave that afternoon or the evening. Yeah, I think it's evening. They leave that evening, so mm-hmm. they leave Christmas evening. They get there during Christmas Eve, and they leave Christmas evening. And I'm sitting there going, I would love a Hanukkah version mm-hmm. that lasts through the eight days. That would be funny. <laughs> that would be awesome. Or at least halfway through Hanukkah. <laughs> yeah. You don't want to do all eight days. Yeah, you do like the ending of it or something. I don't know. Yeah, I I think this. Something like that would have worked really well. With this movie, you could really put with any yeah. holiday, really. 
Or even like, even if it was like someone's birthday or something, it's like, hey, you want to stay for the party or something? It doesn't depend on the fact it's Christmas. The only thing I can think of is the angels. Yes, the only thing you think because the angel motif is the only thing. There's that really really sweet scene when she puts the angels on the Christmas tree. (laughs) And then she says, and she compares them to the angels. She calls them her angels. Yeah, they're not perfect, but they're her angels. And she gives them all a kiss on the cheek, and it's adorable. Yeah, but you can still do that with like the candles. You, you could do something. Like, yeah, you, I'm could sure still, you could probably you could still switch do it them somewhere. Out. Yeah, you, you could switch out somewhere. I mean, I mean, okay. The best thing is this, this this movie knew how to do a title drop. Just so oh yeah, yeah. Because it actually title drops at the end mm-hmm. where they're like, even she called us her angels, and he's like, well, we're no angels, and it's yeah. like, <laughs> it's like ah, best title drop, best title yeah. drop. And beautiful, beautifully executed. <laughs> but it was like, yeah, this is one of the few movies that actually this is, to the title drop and it doesn't feel like, oh no. And they wait till the end to do it. It's the very end. It's like... <laughs> when it means something. Yeah, it means something. You know, because they spend the whole movie being angels and then they're like, we're no angels, we're <laughs> criminals. And it's like, oh. But like, no, you're angels, you got little halos. Yeah, that's, I think that's one thing I like about it. It's like, except for the angel. Yeah. I, I mean, you could have done it without the angel thing. And it's just, it's just cuter with the angel motif. Because they are the angels that help that family yeah it's really cute because like the movie is about them growing and changing as people convicts Mm -hmm. you know and Mm -hmm. feeling remorse for what they've done but the family really needed needed a christmas miracle Mm -hmm. and they were the people who fulfilled that need of the christmas and the fact they were criminals is the only people who could pull that off yes because no honest person was going to murder Cousin Andre and Paul <laughs> and, and, like, forge documents and stuff to make the Christmas wish come true. Because, yeah, he wants you to make it. It's yeah. Like... <laughs> yeah, and it, and it kind of, like, really brings in, like, you know, an, an angel can be basically anyone, anywhere, anytime. And, and it's really, and also, it's one of those really fun things when it's like, wow, this was, like, convenient. Because even mentioned, that's the only <laughs> movie where they're bringing up, like, Oh, that was convenient. That was very, you know, it was like something, you know, planned this. And you're, you're kind of going, and it, it, it goes well with mm-hmm. it because, you know, that does happen in real life where something comes, where something happens, like, mm-hmm. that's just something must have planned that. Like, wh- what happened? <laughs> you know, and, and the movie does come across that way. Mm-hmm. And they play with that. And yeah, they have way too much fun with that. They have way too much fun with that, with divine intervention. <laughs> of three criminals yeah i think it's one of the things that makes it so sweet yeah. and so heartfelt is that and so that's why i would put under perfect is i don't want this movie remade and if someone did remake it i want it under hanukkah because <laughs> <laughs> come on but don't go over another the thing they don't go over the top no the humor is very subtle mm-hmm. i they do some good physical humor but they don't slam jokes in I think Felix is probably the funniest character because he's just so not with the program. Yeah, he's so not there. I mean, the best humor, I think, in most of it is at the ending because when Cousin Andre shows up, um, he, of course, tells them to get their bag, their bags and they're just being as in the way as possible oh, yeah. with the bags. And <laughs> they're constantly tripping up Cousin Andre. It's like smack him in the head and stuff like that. Like, they're, they're just like, hey, we can get away with it. So they're just, like, being as rude as possible like, as they can get away with. There's one part where Andre snaps at Albert, and Albert goes, you frightened me. And the, <laughs> the best joke, I'm, I'm going to spoil because it's amazing. So Andre's like, I'm hungry, I want fruit. So he orders Joseph to go get him fruit. So he goes to the kitchen, grabs a whole pineapple, whacks the bottom off with a, a guy, puts it on the plate, and walks out with it. He's like, here's your fruit. And Andre's like, like fork, knife, how am I supposed to eat it? You eat like an apple. 
it's like <laughs> it's like my one of my favorite jokes in the whole I thing. I love that one. So yeah, it's like the humor's hilarious, especially when it's like they're goading at somebody mm-hmm. and stuff. Like it's it's awesome. Yeah, it's very subtle. I think it's another thing I like about it. It doesn't go over the top with its humor. No. It's very underplayed, and I think that's another thing I don't like about a lot of Christmas films, is that the humor is usually very in-your-face. Yeah, it's very much like, oh, we're being crazy and stuff. Well, this one's, it's written very clever and yeah. very subtly. Mm-hmm. So it's like, it's like the whole joke with, like, don't step on the grass. Oh, of course not. It's like... <laughs> yeah, they play, like, twice, I think. Yeah, they, like, several times. And... But yeah, and, and it's just, it's so nice to see a film that it's, it doesn't try to be, I, I call it key jingling. Yeah, it feels like the film is just jingling keys in front of you because like oh god make it put something flashy and shiny in front of them they don't do that mm-hmm. it's very down to earth on a very obvious set yeah <laughs> that's the best way to describe this movie <laughs> it's a very grounded movie yeah for being on, the on set. a on a set on yeah. a very obvious it's very also, obvious set. also it's one of those films because one thing I really know is made Christmas films and I hope we can wrap this up soon one of yeah. those are Christmas films is at least. In, around here, they always seem to like turn out a new Christmas film like all the time, and it's mm-hmm. supposed to be like, oh well, we're gonna have a new classic, we're gonna get it right this time. Christmas, as you've never seen it before, it's like, oh, stop it. And this one's it's one of those where I don't care if you're religious, I don't care if you just watch it because whatever or how you celebrate. You don't Christmas. really need to be religious. You don't. It's like it can go either way because you can kind of see some religious parallels in it, but you don't need to be religious or look for them to enjoy mm-hmm. it because it could go either way depending on how you do it. It could just either be. People happen to do this, or like, oh, intervention, or something. You don't have to. There's all ways you can look at it. There's all ways you can interpret it. And to me, it's like, um, I'm kind of sad it's not as well known as it could be, which is probably a good thing because it's probably why it hasn't been remade yet. Watch this movie, but do not get it too popular (laughs) that the studios notice. Go after it. And give it a shot if you can. And if you enjoy it, add it to your list of. Christmas movies because I think it's a classic. It's a classic, and I, I put it under perfect just because it should not get. Yeah, don't touch it. Remade, but yeah, and I do love the fact that it does not slam. And please enjoy the season. Oh no, it, it doesn't go like face. see how awesome Christmas is. Yeah, don't you love Christmas yet? Yeah, it's it's definitely not one of those. Thank goodness. Yes, it's, <laughs> and that's one of the things I love about that film mm-hmm. is that it's it's a good Christmas movie. You get the feels, you get the pretty lights and the tree and the sappy songs or some <laughs> sappy songs and it has its sappy moments, but it's not about Christmas. Mm-hmm. You don't I don't think they brought up Christ once. No. It's really funny. They brought up angels, but they didn't bring up Christ. Nope. <laughs> Probably defeat <laughs> the point, but it, it worked. For a movie made back in the fifties, they didn't bring him up once. There nope. was no nativity, no one said the name that I can remember. No, the only thing that close to religion is that... There's angels. And also, Isabel spends a lot of time in church. Oh, yeah, that's true. She's always seen me going to or from church. It's, I don't know twice. what... Twice. Yeah, twice. In the, in the beginning of the movie and at the end of the movie. Yeah, she's going to church a lot. It's like... Well, church is usually... Very, very religious girl. Yeah, she's so, very religious. Very religious girl. So... I should say a prayer for them. Yeah. And so, so it's only, like, religion in there, really. It's yeah. Like, doesn't tell you which church. No, it, d- it didn't smack you over the head with like, "Don't you get the point of the season?" Yeah, it didn't do that. And all the characters, especially the good characters, felt very genuine. Mm-hmm. Like the family felt very genuine, and I love that. So yeah, I, I wouldn't even go with competent. It's, it's perfect. It's perfect. <laughs> As a Christmas cult classic, it's awesome. Yeah, if you love, it's a wonderful life. 
Definitely check this one out. Mm-hmm. Also, it's in color. And it's in color. Naturally. I think it's naturally colored. Okay. Yeah. Yay! <laughs> I think so. We should wrap this one up. We've got another Christmas movie we're going to review. I'm not going to tell, what, tell you what it is. Mm-hmm. It's a surprise. So, anyway, enjoy your December. Yep. <laughs> Happy Christmas, and please go watch this movie. Bye! Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoy this content, make sure to follow on your favorite streaming platform. For all news and information about upcoming shows and what I'm up to, make sure to follow me on Facebook. If you wish to contact me to tell me either your thoughts on the episode you heard, or to give me suggestions on future podcasts, or maybe you'd like to co-host with me in a future podcast, you can either message me through Anchor, Facebook, or you can email me at Series of Lives Inc. All links are in the description box below. Make it a great day, and I will talk to you later. Bye!